first arrived, there was like a whole bunch of people in our seats. Right. And so I politely said, hey, you know, do we have a ticket mix up? Because we've got 27 through 32. Oh, no, no, no. We're not sitting here. We'll get our stuff. OK, well, get your stuff quickly because the concert's about to start. Right? right. So they get their stuff and they leave. The difference is they went down ahead to the benches like right in front of us Mm. we knew that those were also not their seats but whatever they sat there right right and so then the people whose those seats belong to come and they sit only thing is two of them decided to stick it out and pretend like they were their seats and they kept their bags and their purses and their picnic baskets and it was one of those concerts where you could bring like a small um, ice chest and so they kept them on the bench in between these two friends while the rest of the bench was literally like barely able to fit together so eddie turns to me and i go look at that all that wasted space right and he goes the lack of self-awareness is dangerous Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Copelands. We are entrepreneurs, parents, business and life coaches. Lifelong learners and so much more. On this podcast, we share some of our best and worst experiences. (laughs) From raising kids to building businesses or having a career you always dreamt of, we tackle it all. And all the funny moments in between. Look, life can be a challenge and sometimes you just need the right friends to help you push through. Pushing you to the right mindset and perspective that shifts life in your face. So if you're like us and you're always looking to grow, laugh, and dream big, this is the place for you. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. And I am Eddie and the ones and twos. And we keep everything in this podcast yes yes <laughs> no editing so if you screw up you screw up people often you ask got time me, for that like who edits your podcast i'm like uh we don't edit it yeah it just stays in there we are um unscripted yeah unscripted uh, unrehearsed unrehearsed um this is like an snl exactly right but they have cue cards they have like gigantic cue cards for their like i don't know people are not reading cue cards yeah they are well, uh, that to me, that's probably more remarkable than remembering. No, maybe remembering is no. okay. which like if, if remembering is like point one a of remarkability, mm-hmm. if that's a word. OK, <laughs> part two would be reading, acting off a of script, like script cards. Like they say that Marlon Brandoff, the Godfather, Marlon li- Brando, Brando, what I say, Brandoff, Brando, Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. um, use cue cards for his lines in The Godfather. Where'd you get that information? It's all like it's it was in the documentary. It mm. was like like real. Mm. So uh, and like the actors that were in were in the movie, they were like on my shirt was like cue cards. his cues, his lines. Mm. I don't know. I feel like you get thrown off by cue cards. Like I can see a yeah. note and it will like take me back on track. I know exactly where I need to go, but I feel like you're reading it while you're trying to like, it's not the best thing for you. It's not. No, yeah. I need to either remember or, or just use, Wing it. I need to be prompted. I'm like a, I'm like a human chat GPT. Mm. If I just read a few lines and I can just go. Okay. If I have, if I'm trying to read verbatim, ah, uh, I don't know. Every moment I speak, I want it to be unique and custom. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> unique and custom. <laughs> okay. Do you have a what in the world? Uh, no, I know you do. What is my what in the world? <laughs> well, 
my one in the world. Why don't you tell is, my one in the world in your version? Okay. So you you recently went somewhere, and uh-huh. we will not say any names to protect the innocent. Uh-huh. Uh, but we just try to keep it real, right? Well, I think trying it's to just keep funny. It, it's funny. It's real, and it's one of those things where we're trying to get people the realization that they're crazy, right? Oh, oh okay. What's something wrong with that? No. I'm okay, gonna... so you came back home, and you told me about a, a story where a Carissa, our videographer, mm-hmm. right, is from the wonderful country of Canada. I love Canadians. I, I, I love all people, right? Just well, put... Carissa, to give context, is about four foot ten. She's been working with me for She's many years. I doubt it. Um, she's been working with me for many years. She's probably one of the kindest people I know. Right. Her mom has a problem with her. By the way, she's 27. Right. But her mom has a problem every time she comes to America, California, because she doesn't think it's safe here. Right. She always asks her, are you sure you're not going to get shot? There's not going to be guns. Like, and of course, you know, Americans have a bad rap, right? hundred percent. And so... I constantly fly her to America because she's our videographer. Right. And so recently we were in Texas and we're working on a project. Which where, is a gun state. Which is a gun state. So I'm sure <laughs> Cruz's mom was not happy about that. Right. And so I'm introducing her to someone that I just met to that I don't really know. And I'm like, right. oh, and this is also my videographer, Carissa. Right. She's here all the way from Canada. And the person responds and says, oh, I hate Canadians. <laughs> And I was like, what? Right. Oh, Canadians are too nice. I said, well, Carissa's exceptionally nice. And he said, well, all the more reason for me to hate her more. I just do not. (laughs) Like, it was something along the lines of, you know, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, ah, yeah, they're just too nice. It's just, it's over the top. It's unnecessary. Canadians are unnecessarily nice. That's what he said. Right. And then there was a pause and then I gave him another chance. So this is the third chance to kind of, I go, well, Carissa is like an exception because <laughs> it was awkward and I didn't know how to, my poor little videographer, he's right. the first thing out of his mouth. I hate Canadians. Right. And I saw her eyes kind of go like, oh my God, you know, and I go, well, you can't hate Carissa. She's super right. nice. And he goes, well, that's why nobody likes Canadians because they're way too nice, like over the top, nice, unnecessarily nice. And I was like, okay. I'm going to give him another chance because he's just meeting her. Right. And this is abrasive, you know. And so I gave like a third, you know, I was just trying to give little crumbs like, hey, say something like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm sure you're cool. You know, something nice to meet you. But it never came. <laughs> and so, so you, when you told me this, I was like, wow. Right. Like one, the audacity to say that. Right. But two, I don't like my brain goes into this whole thing where I'm like, I don't think this person knows the gravity of what they're saying. No. Well, okay. So in the person's defense, I was like, okay, this must be a joke. <laughs> but but the problem said. is they never said, just kidding. Right. I'm sure you're nice. Right. You know, like I'm sure you're the exception something. And it hurt Kreese's feelings. Right. And so I was As like. As it should. Yeah, as it should, like, especially here's my, I guess the what in the world is when you joke with someone, but you don't have the relationship to understand the context of what their humor is like. Right. And so I just wonder how many people use jokes when they first meet someone knowing that people don't know them. (laughs) Right. Like that's not a joke, right? And so she was she was offended by it. Because you don't know that their intent is, right? So like if you don't know someone, they give you a joke, right? right? And you don't know them very well. You're caught off guard because you're like, 
are you really trying to yeah. insult me? Are you? Well, are, that's why I gave three chances to <laughs> right. like clean it they, up, and it, they never... it didn't get mopped up. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, this is really interesting." Right. And so, you know, a couple of days later, I had mentioned it to like a mutual friend, and I said, "Yeah, it was it was pretty hurtful." Oh, they didn't mean it like that. It was just a joke. Okay, well, I get that, but we didn't get that. Like right. it was her first time meeting this person, and it was just kind of off the wall. So you thought it was like. There was a whole podcast episode about this because I think self-awareness is something that you pride yourself in and you think that we were somewhere. Where were we? Oh, we were at a concert the other night. We're at the Jill Scott concert and um, there was very limited seats, right? We're sitting at the Hollywood Bowl on benches. And when we first arrived, there was like a whole bunch of people in our seats. And so I politely said, Hey, you know, do we have a ticket mix up? Because we've got 27 through 32. Oh, no, no, no. We're not sitting here. We'll get our stuff. Okay, well, get your stuff quickly because the concert's about to start, right? right? So they get their stuff and they leave. The difference is they went down ahead to the benches, like right in front of us. Mm. We knew that those were also not their seats, but whatever, they sat there, right? Right. And so then the people whose those seats belong to come and they sit. Only thing is, two of them decided to stick it out and pretend like they were their seats and they kept their bags and their purses and their right. picnic baskets. And it was one of those concerts where you could bring like a small um, ice chest. And so they kept them on the bench in between these two friends while the rest of the bench was literally like barely able to right. fit together. Right. So Eddie turns to me and I go, look at that, all that wasted space. Right. And he goes, the lack of self-awareness is dangerous. It is. And, and I was like, these poor people at the end of this bench, literally they're about to fall off. 100%. And these people, two people took up 50% of the bench because they had all their shit on the bench, right? right? So I was hoping someone was going to say, can you put your shit on the floor? Because right. we're over here struggling to sit. And you just like the first thing you always notice is like just the lack of self-awareness. And the reason why I say it's dangerous is because a couple of reasons. Well, it could get you shot. Number, yeah. Number one, like people don't realize you just don't have self-awareness. Mm-hmm. They think it's a it's a it's like disrespectful. Right. Right. And so you're doing it intentionally because you think you're above them. You mm-hmm. think that whatever there's a sense of entitlement. Or you're funny. Or whatever the case uh-huh. may be. But they had this huge bag that mm-hmm. was a person size. Right. Right. And just to give you a little more context, we were at the Hollywood Bowl, right? And so the, it's benches. It's not individual seats, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you've got to, like, there's a number that's behind every, like, yeah. area, I guess. And so it's you just got every seat. Every seat. And uh-huh. so you have to just kind of be mindful and mm-hmm. say, I'm going to sit where I'm supposed to be sitting. Right. But, but we're sharing a bench. But we're sharing a mm-hmm. bench. And so now these people who are actually arrived are, like, scrunched up. And they were, like, super nice. They didn't, like, say anything. But I would have probably taken as, oh, you're trying to take advantage of us. Okay, mm-hmm. you need to move down, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take your bag and fling it down. Right. <laughs> down, down well, the whole could have come out in you. But so this is another, like, so this, the lack of self-awareness is dangerous. But the lack of, so back to your what in the world, that person's lack of self-awareness, mm-hmm. that they are talking to a person that their nationality is Canadian, mm-hmm. right? They are a Canadian person. You are saying you don't like. So it's like someone saying, I'm a black person, right? And saying, I say that. And they say, well, I don't like black people. And then they have the right to get uh, like mm-hmm. offended yeah. as if you're saying something different. You're yeah. not. 
Right. Right. Saying so, what you're saying is saying I don't like Canadians. It's the same as saying I don't like like black people. I don't like black people. I don't like Hispanic people. Like you're literally. Ironically, this this person was black. (laughs) Right. So, so so if you're saying if Carissa would have said, "Oh well, good, lucky for you, I don't like black people." Exactly. She then it would have been a fight. Then it would have been a fight Mm. because that person did not realize that that's disrespectful. Right. Right. And even if you were joking. Then it, you know you don't know this person. It's still going to be offensive, right? right? And so it's like I heard that. And I was like, wait, I don't understand. Yeah. This person not, not understand that you know that's a nationality. It's, yeah, bias, you're discriminating, yeah. Right. right? You're you're literally like it's not racial because so you're it's not about saying race. it's, about it's nationality. basically like saying, well, I don't like black people. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Well, my Siri just said I'm not sure I understand. I understand. Exactly. I'm not sure right. I understand. So yeah. um, that that was an interesting what in the world, but it got my brain going. I well, was just speaking like, of lack of self awareness, um, when I was at the airport coming home, this is one of your big pet peeves: is when people have music on their personal music oh, playing in a public place. Right. So we're in TSA. The line for TSA. I say we. It was me. It was me <laughs> and other fellow passengers right. who were equally as annoyed. That this guy, like maybe 10 people behind me, had his music on super loud. And I'm telling you guys, I can't make this up, but he had a full-blown dance um, routine to go with every single song that was on his playlist. And it was extra. I'm talking hand motions, like doing the running man in place, like bebopping. But he's holding the phone and the music's really loud. So at one point, he's behind me. I'm facing forward and a girl like that's facing his way because we're in stanchions kind of woven in between lines. Right. right? I see her pull her phone out and just start to record him. (laughs) Have you ever witnessed someone like on the sly recording someone that they shouldn't be recording, but you know that they're doing it because it's going to wind up on TikTok and they're going to clown this person. hundred percent. It was that bad. And I wasn't even really mad at her that she was recording him. And he did it for 45 minutes, like just had a whole routine. And then the funny part was he walked through, you know, the TSA line and he's getting right, put his stuff, put his shoes and the phone that's still playing music in the conveyor belt. It's still playing music. Why no one said, hey, could you turn that shit off? Why no one for TSA said that was like mind boggling to me. And then he danced his way through the metal detector. The only time he stopped dancing was when he had to put his hands up and stand on the yellow feet thing. And so I convinced myself to like not go crazy. I convinced myself that there was something wrong with him. Like he's on a spectrum of some sort. Or he's dancing his nervousness away about flying. Honey, it was for 45 minutes. It was like routine stuff, right? So I was just like, I'm just going to let the, I'm going to let him do his thing. But it was so disruptive right? in the entire like TSA area. Well, I think early on one of our episodes, like maybe even a couple years ago, we talked about this and I talked about like it infuriates yeah. me. It's like one of those things where I cannot stand when people play music loud on speakers or in a public, in a public place, place. That we're sharing. Right? And you know, we, we are starting to golf and I tell you, like, sometimes you get paired with people and they want to play music. I'm just not a fan of it. Well, will you tell them, hey, can you turn that off? Oh, going forward, I will, because I went and played. And the thing is, is we had invited. Well, I didn't invite my friend Jason invited some people mm-hmm. and they were playing the music. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, OK, do I want to, you know. You know, do I want to piss people? Do I want to just jack the vibe? Do I want to say I don't say, like hey, Canadians? Can turn that shit off, please. Right. I'm trying to hit. I'm trying to hit this ball. I'm not great at golf yet, and uh-huh. it's just distracting as hell. Uh-huh. But like 
to me, it's just like, ask. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, are you okay if I play music? Actually, mm-hmm. I'm not okay with it. It's a lack of self-awareness. It's a lack though. of self and it's and it's and it's one of those things where people do it and th- for whatever reason in their mind they think you will enjoy this too. Like, yeah. like, like, like without asking without what asking. type of music I yeah. like. Yeah. And it's just like I don't want to I don't want to hear it. So I don't know. We can yeah. go on and on about sex. But we will not do that. <laughs> we will not. So what are we talking about today, Edward Copeland? Uh, we are talking about, so um, we, ha- we, we, we've talked about, you know, in p- past episodes, we've, we've talked about like, you know, not wanting to be right, but to get it right. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes like when you're trying to support or help people, uh, whether it be in coaching or um, in, in leadership, whatever it may be, sometimes people get caught up in the fact that they are bringing things to you or they're doing something for your validation, but they really don't really want to get help, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so they, they're struggling with something, they, you know, whatever it may be, and instead of it being something that they're open to saying, hey, I'm looking for help, what they're really seeking for is validation. Mm-hmm. And so what we're talking about is, are you seeking truth, right? Or are you seeking validation? It's the, the, the battle between being right and getting it right. So I'll give you an example. Um, I have a couple of friends and family members that when they go through something, whether it's you know with a boyfriend, with a husband, with their kid, uh, with a health issue, they immediately want to, like they turn to themselves. They kind of cut off from the rest of the world and they want to struggle in silence, right? Right. And so recently I've been questioning why one person in particular, let's call her Tracy. Right. Tracy's really close with me, but every time she goes through something, someone else has to tell me, hey, you might want to reach out to Tracy. She's kind of battling with this. She's struggling. Maybe some words of encouragement, words of wisdom, like would be good. You know, she listens to you. Okay. Well, I've realized that Tracy one likes to struggle in silence. Mm -hmm. And two, Tracy doesn't call me. Right. And so I started to kind of put together that maybe Tracy doesn't call me because I'm going to tell Tracy, well, one, could you be looking at it in the wrong way? Right. And two, here are some things that could make you feel better. And so I've recently kind of concluded that Tracy doesn't call me because she's not looking for advice or a work through. She just wants to call some of our friends that will let her kind of vent Mm -hmm. and that will validate the way she's feeling. Yeah. So the question was, like, does that make me a bad friend? Does that make me uh, not really a supporter? Because in previous episodes, we've talked about the fact that you need to surround yourself with people that will challenge your beliefs and challenge your opinions. Right. And so you and I are really good at that. If I come to you and I'm complaining about something, the first thing we'll do is like, okay. Well, you know, I see how that makes you feel, whatever, but could you be looking at it in the wrong way? Like, what if it's X, Y, and Z? And like, that's our go-to thing for each other. Right. Whether it's, you know, you're having a leadership issue and I'm like, well, what if the employee is thinking X, Y, Z? Right. Whether it's with our kids, you know, this kid did this. Well, what if her intent was blah, 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 blah. And so I think that like our super strength is to always try on a different perspective. And what I'm realizing is, People don't necessarily like that. And here's why they want to be right. They want to be validated that the way that I'm thinking is right. So you 
challenging me. I'm holding up air quotes because it's not like it's a defensive thing. It's not like I'm telling you you're wrong. It's just like an offer of, well, what if this happens? Then you're maybe overreacting, right? So don't let yourself stress out. Some people I find lately, they don't want to be told, well, don't tell me not to stress over it. Okay, well, does it make you feel better to stress over it? Like, do right. you know what I mean? Like, And I think I think there's a confusion when when it comes to that. Like, I think that some people, um, when they're going through things and they're reaching out and you move to a place of, let's, okay, let's solve this problem, mm -hmm. they re register it as you're invalidating my feelings mm -hmm. right or you're making me feel like you're minimizing how i'm feeling to move because you're moving to a solve yeah and, and what i mean by that is when when you're looking for a validation break this apart like you're mm -hmm. looking for someone to affirm to approve to to confirm that the way you're feeling is right and, and you have the right to feel that way right but moving to and that may be true you may, the situation may be warranted that you're stressed. The situation may be warranted that you're upset, that you're sad, and whatever the case may be, but you have to make a decision on what's your goal, mm -hmm. right? Is your goal to stay there or is your goal to kind of solve and move through it? And I think that there are times where people feel like solving it is, is basically saying you shouldn't feel that way and that I should always feel this way. Yeah. And they won't ever, no one will ever say, I should always be upset by this or I, I should always be frustrated with that. But what they unconsciously are saying to themselves is that, like, this is not going to change. I'm not going to change how I right. feel, right? And what, we're, what we have kind of moved to, is, and I don't know, maybe we're the problem, right? Mm -hmm. But we moved to a place of, like, here's how I feel. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Mm -hmm. So what's the solve? Right. Well, I'll give you an example. Like, because when you say validating someone's feelings, I, I, like, that's something that can be very triggering for people. Right. I'm not saying gaslight people into thinking that they don't have a problem. Right. So I'll give you an example. A few years back, I had a mammogram that came back irregular. Now, I could jump to a million conclusions and is it worrisome? Of course, right? Do I want to die from breast cancer? Absolutely not. Right. Women in my family have had breast cancer. But if I allow myself to go to the worst thoughts, that's not helpful. So if I come to you, which I did, and I say, okay, well, this is what's happening. You know, you're going to hear how I feel. But then eventually you're going to encourage me like, OK, don't get caught up and spiral and like think right. about worst case scenario. Right. So that's exactly what I did. I right. was like, I'm going to wait for the next step. Well, the next step is they're going to send you to imaging. They want to get different pictures of it. Right. So you do the mammogram. If it comes back abnormal, then you go to imaging. If imaging comes back abnormal, you do an ultrasound. If the ultrasound comes back abnormal again, they take a biopsy. If the biopsy comes back abnormal, then maybe we have problems. So that's like four. Four steps we got to get to before I think we should maybe be quite concerned. Right. right. And so I learned this because I went through this as a personal journey. And each step you and I talked and I was like, OK, I'm not going to freak out at this stage because it's only stage three. I want to wait till number four, the biopsy comes back. Right. right. And then luckily the biopsy comes back and it's nothing to worry about. Well, thank God I didn't lose all this fucking sleep and think that I was going to die. Because I needed to stay positive, right? So now I have this experience that I can share with others. So I've had probably five other friends come back and say I had a biopsy or I had a mammogram that was right. abnormal. And all I can do is say, I know that it can feel scary. Let me share my you know, journey, hoping that it will help you because 
if I can give you any advice, don't panic right now. Right. It won't be helpful for you to think worst case scenario, right? So that's usually my approach. I say that so that you understand I'm still validating the fact that it's troublesome and you're probably going to be worried. But here's been my experience in hopes that I'm gifting you a little bit of relief. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that it makes perfect sense to me. Right. Right. And I and I and I say this because I think the audience needs to know that like the reason why you're trying to provide that perspective is because the last thing you want to do is suffer in your imagination. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden your imagination torments you. You're stressed out. You can't sleep. You can't eat. Yeah. Your relationships are impacted. All of these things before you actually feel deal with the reality. Mm -hmm. And let's just say unfortunately let's say that the, the issue is a real issue so mm -hmm. now you suffer twice right right before you you realized it and then when the reality hit mm -hmm. and i think some of that is unnecessary especially when most of the time everything's going to be okay right right and so i think that that's a perspective that i think people will have a tough time with and i think that this the understanding like like if you bring something to me and I'm talking to you about a perspective. It's not that I don't understand you. It's because I do understand right. you. It's because I do have experience. Right. Yeah. It's because I understand the situation you have. The empathy is there. Mm -hmm. But the under, but the reality is, is I'm here. You're bringing it to my attention. And now let's 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 collaborate on let's how we're going to give a mm -hmm. perspective that allows you to live in a better place than right. you're living right now. And I think that that's the part that people don't realize. Like when people give you well-meaning intention, intentional feedback or well-meaning perspectives and they want to share from experiences, that's the key. It's well-meaning. Right. And your job is to kind of take something that will be helpful to you so you don't stay in the place that you're at and then discard whatever you don't think is helpful. Right. But if you're taking in like feedback that people are providing to you and you're like rejecting it because you want to be angry and sad and then you're labeling that, well, my feelings weren't validated when I told you I was worried you didn't listen. And I'm not saying that this happened, but I'm just saying that there are quite a few people that I can tell they like to just, I want to be in my feelings. I want to be upset about the situation. I do want to think worst case scenario. I do want to let my thoughts unravel. And I want to be mad that nobody understands. And the, the key to this podcast episode is that most people do have some sort of perspective right. or something to offer you. And so struggling in silence, I haven't seen that that is really effective. Right. Yeah. And then I think you have people on the other side of that too that are so proud mm -hmm. and, and their pride is so um, um, strong mm -hmm. in, in a negative way. And what I mean by negative way is that they go through something emotionally, you have a perspective that you can provide them, but their pride won't allow them to accept it because they want to figure it out, Yeah. right? And you're invading on their, like, you basically, I feel this way. I haven't figured out how to get through it, but mm -hmm. I'm too proud to ask for help, mm -hmm. right? And so if you give me a solution, it's basically saying I'm not smart enough to figure it out on my own. Mm. And so that is something that people stay with. Like, and they, and they, they, this, these are things, guys, that, that people are not going to say out loud. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of the psychology of it, right? right. And so they, you know, everyone has someone in their life that you can't tell them anything, yeah. right? And, and like, they have a tough time accepting help. 
when help is available, when there's a lifeline out there, they won't do it because they want to figure it out. They want to figure out their own problems. And the last thing they want you to do is give them solutions. Yeah, I, I just, I, everybody does have someone that like you say to yourself, oh, they got to learn the hard way. Right. Everybody knows yep. somebody like that. We are related to a couple of those people. And right. it's difficult because it's like, well, I've gone through this before. I know many people who have gone through this before, but, you know, you've got to learn the hard way. So I just, I'm going to stop talking to you about this stuff. Right. right? And that has come up in uh, around dating, around habits, around health, around uh, relationships, like many, many times. Right. And I think for for me, one of the things I love, I think you would agree, is I love bouncing ideas off of people yeah. because I want to know how other people have overcome or built a business or gone through challenges. Like I'm so inspired when I hear other people's perspectives or the way that they handled something and I always find something to pull out of it. Yeah. And you made me think about like that's I think an attribute that everyone should have. But I do think that there are like these people, like, so for example, for health, mm -hmm. I can't tell you being in the fitness industry, how many people, and we know people like this, and whether it be for health or for business or for relationships, doesn't matter. But under this idea that I've tried everything, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And because they've said that they've tried everything and they are really in a place where they want to stay comfortable, they don't want to get uncomfortable mm -hmm. because trying something different is uncomfortable. When you present something to them, you're in, you're invading that idea that I am right, that I tried everything. Well, you're also invalidating, Inva invalidating the fact that they did try everything. Right. But the reality is, is you like, didn't. statistically, you didn't try everything. You didn't try everything. Yeah. And because now I'm presenting something to you that says that this is a thing you haven't tried, mm -hmm. you're resistant to it because... You're in this place of, I want to be right, right, but there's no saving me. Yeah. And so that is a powerful and dangerous thing that so many people get stuck in, especially yeah. around health. Like, oh, I am different. I'm unique. I cannot lose weight. Mm -hmm. I've tried everything. So yeah. don't even bother trying to help me. So this podcast is titled, you know, do you want to be right or do you want to get it right? Right. And so that reminds me of like, you know, we've recently gone to a few weddings, people we know are getting married and they're asking for advice. And that's one of our biggest tips on like marital advice is like, don't focus on being right, focus on getting it right. And that just kind of reminds me of like, I recently took a business trip, you know, someone hired me to come and coach and consult them for their business. And you know, after a couple of days, I was like, okay, I see all of the things that you're doing, but I felt like I wasn't being heard with all of the suggestions that I was offering. Now, mind right. you, you hired me to come do this, right? right? You literally asked me based on my experience, based on my expertise, based on my previous work history, this is what I do for a living, right? And I had to tell this person, I don't think you're very coachable. Mm -hmm. because you're not really taking notes on anything that I'm suggesting. I feel like you're kind of fighting me on the things that I'm proposing. And at the end of the day, it's your business. And so you get to get it right whenever you decide to get it right. Right. right? And it came out that this person, like my approach, which is more of a tough love approach, like I thought I get off the plane, I come, I tell you all the things you need to do, you take crazy notes, and then we implement this stuff together and boom, like we're it's, off. It's only tough love if you're not willing to accept it, right? right? For most people, it just feels like, oh, you care and you love, you're giving me advice. Because if I am eager 
to make changes. And I don't think I got all the answers. Right. When you come in and you give it to me straight, I'm like, thank you for not sugarcoating because now I can just get to work. I don't have to like, you know, yeah. uncode the things that you've just so said. So that works for you right. and that works for me. And some people listening, you might be one of those people that like t- is like tough love doesn't work for me. I need right. the love and then I need the tough. Right. And I'm just going to say as a coach, as a consultant, as an advisor, it's not my job to love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just not like I when I started my business, I needed someone who had done what I was trying to do. And I would have taken a million notes and I would have asked a million questions and I would have like, okay, well, what are you, what about if I did this? Like, right. what are, you know, I'm like going to juice this person for as much information as I possibly can. And this was just one of those trips where I realized, you know, okay, well, obviously my approach as a coach matters, but at one point we came to this whole like, well, it's not my job to give you the love because you have a really supportive family. Right. Your family has loved on you to get you to this point and look where you are. Like, this is a great thing. My job is to take your business to the next level, right? It's not to validate everything you have right now. And so that was the misunderstanding was that, well, I wanted the validation, And I had to say, like, that's not what my job is. Like, my job is not to say, hey, good job on this. Good job on this. And so I think together we realized that's something that you as a listener, you have to ask yourself when I'm going through something challenging. Am I good at receiving help? Am I good at being coachable? Am I good at trying on new perspectives when I'm you know, faced with something that's unfavorable or stressful or new even, or do I want to figure things out on my own because maybe I'm hardheaded or uh, maybe I'm looking for something else from other people because my ideas are good ideas and so I want to run with them. And I'm just going to tell you after coaching and consulting since 2017, so that's what, six six years or so? Right. Um, We've had many students who have said, you know, this is my business plan. This is what I do. And then they've asked for advice. Some of them take the advice and they go, why didn't my family ever tell me this stuff? (laughs) You know, whether it was they had a bad business name or they had a bad business concept that maybe was outdated. Right. And we're like, well, your family has well-meaning intentions, but they're trying to protect you. That should be something that maybe you ask them. And when they go back and ask, they say, The family tells them, well, you're not good at taking feedback. Mm -hmm. You're very sensitive. This is your baby. You've made it very clear. So we knew we couldn't be honest with you. And that is dangerous. And I've been using dangerous a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like (laughs) if people can't give you feedback, you have to ask yourself. And so if you're listening to this and you're you're doing the good work of kind of self-assessing and saying, hey, are those moments where I am resistant to feedback or no one gives me feedback or I never reach out for help. I don't ask for people's opinions, whatever it may be. There's this level of self image that you're trying to protect, right? The image of yourself having the answers, the image of yourself that, you know, has it figured out is, is a fragile image. Right. And, and, and I think the thing when you were talking about, you know, working with a client, I was thinking, God, if, if that person would have moved their mind to art and science, give me more. So, in art, you can collaborate. There's mm-hmm. no right answer. Mm-hmm. You're just constantly building upon whatever the, the thing you're building, whether it's a song you're writing, mm-hmm. whether it's you know art that you're painting, you're using it's one thing. It's just ideating, mm-hmm. and right? And if you collaborate with someone, 
like every idea is an and, right? And you build on and you top build, of it. Yes, right? and, and, and yes, and, and right? right? And then science is very much something data. very is data. It's like this worked. No, yeah, okay. Now we learn. Yeah. And so it's like when you're doing a scientific experiment, you're you're doing an experiment to see where the thing is that's the problem with right. what you're creating, right? And if we didn't have scientists that had the ability to fail and, and understand and, and use the failures to learn, then we wouldn't have the breakthroughs that we need today. Right. And so you need to think about that for your own life. Is am I looking at life at like art and science? Am mm -hmm. I willing to collaborate when I need to collaborate? Am I willing to understand when I'm trying to get it right? Because in science, you're trying to get it right. No scientist is trying to be right. Yeah. They're practicing. They're constantly experimenting because they're trying to prove it right or prove it wrong. Yeah. And I think that that is the mentality you have to have, especially when you're going through this tough thing in life. Because if you don't have that, then what you're doing is you're living in this isolated life in your own self-image that could be leading you to a damaging outcome in whatever you're doing yeah. because you're not getting the perspectives that will open and open your aperture so that you can see the world in a more broader view mm -hmm. that then now you can say, I have multiple perspectives that I can approach this with. And with that, I can make a solid decision. Yeah, I agree. Um, so there's a few tips that I think we should leave the listeners with. And again, I think these are in our marriage, if we're trying to get it right versus be right, right. in your business, if you're trying to get business right, because you want to be successful versus being right with all of your ideas. And I see people do that all the time. You know, I have an idea for a business and, you know, people are going to love this. And it's like, OK, well, did you do any research? What's the industry trends, you know? Who is standing out in this industry? Does Will this concept work in your community? How will you serve the community with this idea? Is it something that they'll embrace or is right. it something that's, you know, not really their thing? And there's so much research that you can do. And so um, I don't know why I'm on a tangent about that. But business is one of those things. Art and science is really important. So some of the things that I think that you can do if you're a listener and you're like, I think I might be trying to be right mm. or I might not be open to different perspectives, just leaving you with a few tips. I think that embracing intellectual humility mm. and understanding that there's a really good chance I'm going to be wrong at this. Right. I think I'm OK with being wrong. Like, I think most of the things in life I tr I know, like. I don't know how to do this. That's why I'm hiring a professional. That's great. I don't know how to do this. That's why I'm asking questions. Like yeah. I recently started golfing. I don't know how to golf. That's why I want to go take lessons. Right. And every single time she tells me, well, correct this. I've heard people say, oh, well, when I do it like that, it feels funny. Yeah, it's supposed to because you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so right. when they tell you to do it the right way, it won't feel natural. I love that you said intellectual hum humility because it makes me think of like intellectually like being honest with yourself, mm -hmm. right? Because emotionally there's a there's a good feeling of like feeling validated like you were right like oh, everyone yeah. feels that, right? right? And there's nothing and there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. But I do think you have to lean on your intellect cuz that's the science piece, right? And yeah. saying, "Hey, this may be wrong. This may be right. I don't know. Let's figure it out. I like to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And so like for me, if I intellectually exercise humility, that means I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. But if I want to be pleasantly surprised and I just happen to like on the one off get something right, that's a cool surprise. Right. Isn't that like mm -hmm. when I'm new to golfing and I like hit a good shot and I'm like, oh, my God, that felt great. Great. That is just good. But also, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm going to look like a fool. It's going to feel funny. And I feel like the same is true for if you're trying to work through relationship issues. Yeah. 
when we first got married, we didn't know what we were doing. Why? We had never been married. Right. We had never shared a home and had children with someone else and like done all of those things. So why would we know what we were doing? Right. We we did not. <laughs> like it, it was it's a it's a fact. That's right. science. We don't know what we're doing, so we have to exercise intellectual humility. Love that. The next thing I think is to be open to seeking out diverse perspectives. That's a tough one. Well, it is because not everybody has access to someone that's going to ruffle their feathers a bit. But the point of that, like when we started the episode was I know people that know that I could probably help them, but they want to they would rather sit in their feelings and be right in their feelings than say, I think that Janelle has gone through this or I think that Tamara has gone through this. Let me reach out to my friends or family because I think that they'll be able to help me not feel this way. But instead, I just want to be sad and upset for yeah. a while. The thing that people trip up on this, because I think sometimes people are looking for perspective, but they're looking for validation, validation. right? And you can hear it in how they ask a question. They're asked, they ask the question, tainting and creating a bias Give for the person. Give me an example. So if I'm having an issue with- My boss. My boss, right? I will say, so my boss, you know, is such an asshole. Yeah, they do this, they do this. Don't you think that I was right when I do when when I said this and they said that? Whatever yeah. the case may well, be. Well, people right? give you all kinds of context. Right. They give you the context yeah. leaning you towards like where, you know, where mm -hmm. they stand in that situation instead of asking a really objective question and saying, Hey, I'm just gonna give you context so you know the situation. Here's what happened. Yeah. Right. And I think that that gives people space to give you perspective that is unbiased and untainted if you ask the question in an objective way. So if you really want to seek out diverse perspectives, watch how you ask a question. Leave all your context out. <laughs> right. Like, I, context I'm so doesn't, unique. Yeah, yeah, context doesn't really matter as much as you think it does. People it doesn't do that with business a lot. You it know? doesn't matter when you're asking for help, but mm -hmm. it can matter when something is said. Right? Oh, for sure. Right, because context, you know, can, you know, you place different things in different environments and they change their meaning. Yeah, but like an example, you know, if you're talking to, let's say, a business coach and they're going to give you a guru, let's say, right. you wouldn't say, well, Tony Robbins, I really want to tell you, you know, I'm really struggling in business right now, but let me tell you how it started and why it's... No, he doesn't need to know that. He no. needs to know what are the three categories you think you're struggling in and maybe why, right? Right, right. And so people think that they need all this context and really things are much simpler and your unique experience is not that unique. No, not at all. Um, another thing is obviously, like I'll just skip through this quickly, but practice active listening. Um, debates are healthy. Mm -hmm. We have lots of debates in the Copeland household, but listen you know, to someone's perspective without immediately formulating a response or a rebuttal, I think is, is, is it's important for you to understand like, oh, we're trying to find the right solution instead of being right, right. right. Fact checking and verifying information is really important. We had a debate with my dad recently. He was fighting and fighting and fighting us until we said goodnight. He went, laid in bed, fact checked, and then came back the next day and was like, I said, dad, you were so focused on trying to be right that you weren't focused on getting it right with right. us. Like we were all right in a different way. And that really spoke to him. So that was a cool moment for us. Um, I think you just have to really ask yourself if you're a good critical thinker. And I think the critical thinking part is 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 about can you take the other side of the argument? Like, do you know how to analyze things? Yeah. Like if or I, are you caught up in your emotion? If you caught in your emotion, it's really difficult. But if you're able to have a stance or a perspective on something, but you're also able to argue the other side, mm -hmm. 
That is a great way of critical thinking. It's like really looking at, okay, how is this other perspective viewed? And, and then I think that that's where you really can get to the heart of something is if you understand both arguments. And I think that that's really helpful, but most people have a tough time with that. Yeah. And then another one is uh, separate identity from ideas. So your personal worth Ooh, is not tied to the idea, right? I, I remember one time I was going to start a business with someone who was a potential partner. And I was like, okay, well, if we don't do this, like, how do I make sure that like my ideas are protected? And he said, you know, the thing about ideas is nobody cares about it. like ideas are cheap. Like right. this doesn't define you. If I was to go into business with you, it'd be because of you, not your ideas. And that was one of the moments It's not really relevant to what we're talking about. But that was one of the moments where I realized, oh, ideas just kind of come and go. They're not really me. Like I'm the magic sauce. Right. Yeah. And so I think when I approach business things, I understand it's an idea. It's something I'm passionate about now, but it's not my identity. And that's the interesting because we, we deal with a lot of students that say, I want to be paid what I'm worth. Mm -hmm. Right. Or I don't want people to devalue what, I, what I'm worth. And we almost have to correct them of saying it's not about your personal worth. Right. Right. It's about the thing you're creating right. and its value mm -hmm. to the marketplace. And I think that that's the same thing with the ideas. Like, it's not about who came up with the ideas. It's what the idea, can the idea be executed? Yeah. And can it be, if it's executed, it, does it have any value to anyone, yeah. right? And are you and, the right person to execute the idea? Because right. sometimes you've got a great business concept, but maybe you don't have the knowledge to take it to the level that it needs to go to, right? Right. So, and then I think in, like in a marriage too, you think about like, arguments that you may have and you're emotionally tied to your side because if you are proven right it does some it manufactures this level of self-esteem that you've tied to to your personal identity but at the end of the day you've in order to get that that boost you damaged your relationship yeah. so was it worth it right right and so i think that that's the thing i think that that's the rub that people need to understand it's like what's at stake here is it the, is it getting it right together in a collaborative way like mm -hmm. the art and science or is it I want to individually win? Yeah. And that is where I think, I think in relationships there's no space. Well, yeah, I want to be right. I right. want to be right. I'm right. right and this is my this is the reason and so that's why we're arguing, right? Right. right. And the last thing is just being able to like reflect and reevaluate. I think reflecting on your own biases, your own beliefs, even your own motivations, like why you're doing something. Why are you digging your heels in the sand about this particular issue? Why are you even arguing about it? Um, kind of challenging yourself and reflecting. It goes back to like emotional intelligence. Like people who are emotionally intelligent, they want to examine their thought process. They want to examine their beliefs. And I think that we need to do a better job of that just yeah, as a I, world. And I think one of the things I'm going to work on is like, saying out loud when i'm wrong right because hmm. i think that, that hmm. <laughs> well well i think it's important because like we were having i don't know the last couple of days i said oh you were right about that honey like and it's not that you needed me to yeah. say that you, you don't were say right, it often though. right but i do think that like that like that hit me when you said reflect and reevaluate like there are times i reflect and reevaluate and i go say god i was wrong mm -hmm. but i do i say it out loud enough so that people know that i'm being intellectually uh, humble humble sorry uh -huh. humility <laughs> i was like that's the remix yeah. um but my yeah i want that because i think that that's an important thing to people to know about me is that i can be humble i can have humility and i can say hey in that situation, I was so wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can be a, a weight lifted off your shoulders too when you do that. Yeah, done. Amen.
So right. I hope that this episode served you. If uh, you learned anything, then w- w- we were at a wedding yesterday and a guy kept saying, like and subscribe, like <laughs> and subscribe. So if you liked this podcast, like and subscribe. But um, let us know in the in a review. That right. would be great. What yeah. am I trying to say? Let us know in the review that you like and love and you want more of the Push podcast. Let us know uh, what, you what like topics to, you what want topics to, talk, you about, want to yeah. talk about and all the things. Uh, and we just and welcome to season two. Let's do it. All right. Push through. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review leave your handle and until next time push through